Hello, everybody, and welcome to an episode of Impactful Conversations, a platform to educate and inspire. My name is Tafazwan Lovu, and thank you for tuning in to the show. On the show, I interview and speak to individuals who are making a difference in their world, individuals who have a different way of thinking and are forming as leaders in their respective fields. I do this on Instagram Live on my account, which you can give a follow at Tafanlovu, that's T-A-F-A-N-D-L-O-V-U, to catch the future episodes live. Anyway, wherever you're listening to this, I hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Right, so for today, for the first episode of Impactful Conversations, I'm joined by Chido Tzinechkiwe. Chido is a CIB finance graduate at Standard Bank, a former Mandela Road scholar, and an entrepreneur. She's the founder of Zimbabwe Economic Youth Foundation and the co-founder of Uplan, and she is a world changer. The first topic that we'll discuss is that of finding yourself as you navigate different work environments. Chido has worked for a prestigious university as a tutor and data collector, as well as for an essay political firm, South African political firm that is, doing interesting and controversial research, and an online recruiting firm based in Sweden, as well as well-renowned tech startup Airbnb, amongst many others. We also delve into the topic of maximizing your post-degree cap year, as well as your questions that were submitted prior to the interview. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, can't complain. It's just a bit cold. Uh, well, it was warm today, but it's getting a little bit cold. Which side of Joba do you live? Because for me, it's not hot. <laughs> hey, listen, I come from the desert, so <laughs> anything below like 30 is, is cold to me. Uh, okay. So thank you for uh, for joining us. I see lots of people are starting to, to come through. Um, and I think the first thing we'll do is we'll just start off with introducing you to people. Um, so maybe just tell us, you know, who you are, where you're from, where did you, where were you born? Where did you grow up? Uh, yeah, whatever you do want to tell us about yourself. I've got a few questions that we have from people, but we'll go through that as we go along, I think. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm Chido Zinochkiwe. I was born in Harare, Zimbabwe, and uh, my family moved to South Africa when I was eight. So then I did uh, primary school, high school, varsity here. I actually went to, I think, about five primary schools um, in like life. <laughs> so I know quite a lot of people just uh, from school. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, that's what so, I'm currently doing. Currently so based in what did you what did you study and what do you do currently at the moment? So what are you involved in work, other things outside of work? Yeah, so I studied uh, economics at UCT uh, and I did my honours in that and then I took a gap year and then I started working this year at Standard Bank uh, through their graduate programme. Okay, nice, very nice, very nice. So I think we um, we had a few topics that we, we wanted to, to talk about um, mm -hmm. and a few questions have come in already um, that we're obviously going to, you know, touch on a few other topics that we didn't plan on at the time. Um, but, you know, you spoke quite passionately when we spoke before about finding yourself and, you know, the journey that you've been on um, through that and, you know, how 
that has sort of evolved through your university career. Um, I think, you know, if we, if we start off, you know, working as a tutor in the data collector ECT, but also just before that, you can give us a bit of a precursor as to, you know, how, how it was, how the journey of finding yourself has been. Um, and obviously it's a, it's a journey, it never ends, it just carries on. Yeah, so, it never yeah. ends. Mm. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I um, always thought I knew what I wanted to be or wanted to do. And mm-hmm. as I was like navigating the streets of varsity and just finding posters of like cool things to do, I was like, hmm, you know, let me try this out. So I kind of started trying out things kind of early in my university career. Um, it, it actually started when I found out about the website called um, Opportunity. Oh, thank you, Andy. Sorry. <laughs> um, a website called um, OpportunitiesForAfricans.com. And that yeah. website had everything for like, from scholarships to bursaries to internships, everything. And um, yeah, I think I think from then on, I just started like do anything. So like you mentioned, I, I did some tutoring and um, data collection at Varsity, which were like always, like jobs that were always available at Varsity. Mm-hmm. Then I entered quite a few competition that led, led into other jobs. Um, That's right, yeah. I, I decided that I wanted to make like foreign income so I actually set up an account on Upwork um, and nice. I got um, a job to be a recruiter for a Swedish company and I do a lot of LinkedIn recruiting. So through that, I also kind of learned about, you know, how to create an appealing profile, how to like mm. ensure that, you know, you, you, you pop like how to like use the algorithms like pop up first and, and things like yeah. that. And, you know, through everything, I mean, I'm, I'm not in recruiting now. Actually, I'm not even doing a lot of the stuff that I was doing now, but the lessons yeah. that I've learned along the way have kind of helped me to, to be kind of who I am now. Yeah, and I'm happy mm. about that. That's good. I mean, that's, yeah, it's, it, you're absolutely right that you don't necessarily have to end up in the field that you, you, you started in. Um, yeah. But I think the lessons that you learn, you know, you can end up applying in uh, many different places. So tell me a little bit about, you know, Unilever, um, the competitions that you entered in. Tell us a little bit about that. How was that? How was it also doing it whilst you're a student as well? Yeah, so um, on that same website that I mentioned, Opportunities for Africans, Mm -hmm. I found um, a competition, a Unilever competition, which I entered with my two friends. And it was the Idea Trophy competition. So we had to come up with like, kind of an idea for one of their campaigns um, mm-hmm. for close-up toothpaste. And um, we just like enter, we didn't really think much of it. And then they're like, oh, you guys have kind of made it to the South Africa final. We're going to fly down to Durban. We're like, what? We're going to go to Durban? All expenses paid? Um, <laughs> so that was exciting. So you can imagine like, yeah. you know, you're being flown out by a company. So we mm-hmm. went there, we did that. That was like super amazing. Then they were like, no, we really liked you guys. We're offering you um, an internship in January. Would you be interested to come back? So all three mm. of us were like, definitely like, we're going to come. And then we went there um, and and we worked at Unilever. Um, and again, something totally different to what I thought I'd, I'd be doing, um, FMCG. So yeah. we were working with a lot of consumer products, a lot of like client-facing work. and And that was really interesting. I think that kind of gave me 
that was like one of the stepping stones that that led me to believe that I want to be in entrepreneurship and also mm-hmm. kind of like tapping into you know solving solving problems that consumers have mm. and how did you find sort of balancing that with studying in general um you know what advice mm-hmm. would you give to someone who is studying um but is thinking you know about doing something other than just sort of the academic program what advice would you give to someone who's doing that yeah um i think it's one of those things that um you kind of have to choose to do and jump into and then you you kind of learn how to manage it as as you go and people are different so for mm. me um i like love working late at night and i'd be able to do like a lot of my stuff during the day like my extra stuff mm. in at night i'll do my schoolwork for other people that doesn't really work but i think that you know varsity like you may not believe it but during varsity you actually have a lot more time to explore and do yeah. so many different things than you do afterwards like afterwards things get real <laughs> so um very real yeah <laughs> I, I, I highly recommend that you know just try like even start small so start with mm-hmm. like jobs on campus and start you know splitting your time between that before maybe you go for like jobs with corporates or even international internships and conferences mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, that's, that's, that's terrific advice. I think, you know, everybody sort of struggles to estimate what their load is. So, you know, mm. when you're studying, you know, how much can I actually take on? Um, but as you rightly say, I think, you know, you actually create a lot more time when you, when you, the busier you get, because you get a lot yeah. more organized <laughs> and you get, you get things done a lot quicker, actually. Um, and Airbnb, so this is, this is obviously quite recent, um, you know, in, in the past but yeah how is that sort of working for that company and what did you learn from it um okay so airbnb is an amazing company like i think everybody kind of knows that the work they're doing is just like groundbreaking um so i was it was during my gap year um and i wasn't really working but i i i I started a project and I needed a bit of money for it so i started Mm -hmm. looking for jobs and then i found the airbnb job and um i was just like you know just go for it you you never know so i got it and then uh, i went to cape town to work and um the team was like super amazing the culture was just like you wouldn't feel a difference between your colleagues in like america and your colleagues in south africa because Mm -hmm. they've just managed to create such a great work culture like in all their offices Mm -hmm. um key lessons from that opportunity are that you should never limit um like your dreams you should never limit you know the, really the the extent of reach you want to get because you know these guys started in san francisco and now they're all over the world um literally opening doors for people to connect for people to do things they were never able to do for example like camel mm. riding in like the desert of morocco like not a lot nice. of people would have had access to that um, yeah. as easily as they do now because of airbnb and uh, yeah. I think it's because they just, they never limit um, the ideation processes. And yeah, I really love that. It was great. Mm. No, that's amazing. I mean, so I've always wondered, so what's it like working in a company like Airbnb? Like what, it's like, what time do you start? Is it like one of those tech type <laughs> companies where like you come in whatever time you want? Or is it like a bit stricter? I mean, how, how much of the culture of the global organization was in the, sort of in the in the company in and of itself that you worked in in Cape Town 
Yeah, so I think, I mean, you know, the rumors are real. The work cultures are quite flexible. Um, you know, people people are very accommodating in those in those spaces. Um, as long as you obviously, you know, get your work done. So in our office, people would start maybe like 9, 9.30. But um, I was studying um, for my GREs. So I, okay. I would get in a bit earlier. But um, yeah, people started a bit later. We had like office lunch every second Friday. Um, nice. We had a lot of freebies. Okay, not really freebies, but swag. A lot of like office swag. Really um, we hosted a lot of like cool events for our mm. hosts, for the host community. We had a lot of events for that. And um, obviously you attend them as well as staff. Yeah. Um, I but, did a lot so, of work. Yeah. Sorry, sort of balancing that with your GREs, I just remembered now, you just said that you were studying at the time. Um, yeah. How did you find sort of that, that balance, you know, studying a lot late at night or like um, you come in early, you leave early and then you get a bit of time, you know, in the afternoon or? Yeah, so I'd, I'd study before work and then I'd have to study after work. But GREs, um, yeah, they weren't that fun to study for, I won't lie. <laughs> um, they, they're quite deep, but this was mm. actually my second time writing them. So it was a bit better because I knew what to expect. Mm. That's good. That's really, really good. So I think I want to move to to the gap year because I think I've seen quite a lot of uh, chat about that, both, you know, on the Q&A that I put out before this um, yeah. and sort of just talking to people in the build-up of that. So tell us a little bit about it. Um, you know, how did you experience it? What did you get up to? Um, mm. I see we had a question here in the comments. Yeah, what did you end up doing in your gap year? Yeah, so tell us a little bit about it and yeah, how it was initially um, and how it sort of turned out in hindsight as well. Yeah, sure. So um, after honours, I was really tired uh, because mm. I think honours is the hardest year of varsity. So I was really, really tired. And uh, during that time, I didn't really have a lot of, of I, I hadn't prepared for like my post-varsity life. So when I was speaking to my parents, I was like, um, you know, I'd really, I'd really appreciate a break, even if it's like six months, please, can you like, just give me this? And they're like, no, <laughs> no problem, um, do mm. what you need to do. So I was like, okay, cool, you know, I've got six months, what am I going to do with this? And at the beginning, I just slept, like, I'm not going to lie, I literally just slept and watched TV all the time. And like two, three weeks down the line, um, I got, oh, thank you, Lady Levza. You're getting a lot um, of love. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got really tired of it because I'd become so used to being a busy body and like sleeping just wasn't doing it. Yeah. So um, I decided to start uh, a business with uh, my friend who was in Zim. So she was at UCT, but she'd gone back to Zim after finishing mm -hmm. her degree. So we decided to, you know, work on a startup idea. And um after that i was okay I'm, I'm doing this on the side but i still feel like i don't have like i have a lot of time so again i yeah. went on that website opportunities for africans guys it's like the website the plug yeah <laughs> and i applied for like a lot of things so one of the things that i got was a conference in new york so i went to the un um in mm. april before graduating for that conference and that was also really great um you know kind of networking with like young people across the world doing amazing work um mm. then i then I, then around may i started feeling a lot of pressure around like not having a job because like a lot of people i knew were working yeah. so i applied for a job 
and I got the job but it was work I did not like at all like mm. I was I felt so miserable so and tell us tell us a little bit about that part of the journey um yeah you know being in something that you you didn't like um what motivated you to to stay for a bit but also what motivated you to leave eventually I didn't stay <laughs> I didn't oh, stay <laughs> no because you know the thing is like even in like it sounds like industry, a story tell us <laughs> yeah so okay so I applied for this thing right because I felt mm. I felt a lot of pressure that I wasn't working and everyone else was working um and it wasn't even like people were giving me pressure I I was like putting the pressure on myself Yeah. and then i applied i went to the interview and it, like as i sat down to start my interview i just felt that this is not right like not it, yeah. this is not the space i'm i am not feeling particularly inspired um and then i just i mean i did the interview and then i got the job and i remember i told my tell my mom i was like yo mom you know i don't know hey and she's just like no just try it maybe you you know mm. being a bit judgmental of the job. So I was like you know what maybe I am being too judgmental. And on my first date I was I'm telling you I knew I knew this place was not for me. But because you know I'd kind of like trained myself to be like no we don't give up we don't quit. I didn't mm. really want to to go down that route until um one of the other opportunities I'd applied for which was the Yali fellowship got back to me and they're like hey you've been accepted and you start um towards the end of May. um that's when i was like you know what um this other thing kind of came up and i kind of have to leave and they were very understanding um mm. i mean of course i didn't tell them that i didn't really feel like this was right for me because i didn't think that was appropriate um also another lesson in kind of communicating your your sentiments to people um yeah it can't be easy but, yeah <laughs> so they understood and um you know they they were quite supportive and they were like no if you ever want to come back you know feel free to apply or pop us an email and I was like no thank you for mm. that but i think um yeah i just i kind of learned that like everyone's path is different i can't be trying to also get yeah, a job just cuz everyone has a job cuz yeah. now i made him i i ended up in a space i that wasn't really built that we just you didn't like at all yeah so you know yeah. going on into the gap year after that um you know mm. what 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 transpired pretty much Yeah so after that I then did the Yali um fellowship um and that mm. was also really cool because that was bringing Af- like young Africans from southern Africa together um and then after that what did I do or well, after that I I I did a lot of trips to Zim again because I told you I I, mm. I had a start and it's based in Zimbabwe so I I did a lot of trips there um one of them I actually decided to go by bus um I don't usually nice. travel by bus but um i wanted to just kind of you know like gap your vibes like i just wanted to do something that i don't usually do do something different so, yeah <laughs> so i, like I did that, that. then um airbnb uh, happened from about august september and then mm. i i finished my year at airbnb okay and now sort of moving into this new role now um tell us a little bit about the transition from sort of gap year into now full on corporate life uh you know <laughs> dressing up smartly walking the streets of rosebank at 8 a.m in the morning <laughs> how is that and um you know i do you find a lot of purpose in what you do um mm. 
you know, how do you link that to, to what you studied um, and the lessons that you've learned and all of these other opportunities as well? Because, you know, you, you had a gap year, but it was quite a full year, actually. Like that was, mm. you know, a year full of experiences and almost like five years packed into one. <laughs> you, know, you had the sort of, I'm just sleeping, watching TV. Then, you, you know, went to conferences. Then you worked into, you know, in a job that you didn't like. And then, you know, yeah. left that job, went on to something else, you know, worked for one of the, the biggest emerging startups, you know, in the world at the moment of redefining, you know, lots of certain industries. And now, you know, moving into corporate life, how's that been? Uh, you know, is this, is this what you hoped for um, while mm -hmm. studying? And, you know, balancing that with your entrepreneurship goals as well. I know there's a lot of questions, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, do you mind if I start with the other question you'd asked me about the like how I got the Standard Bank uh, mm. job? Yeah, yeah. So I'll kind of start with the process. So um, it was like my six months that I negotiated with my parents was like running up. And my mom was like, mm. you need to work for next year. And I really didn't want to apply because I started enjoying, you know, the freedom that I had uh, during my gap year. So mm. I applied for a lot of graduate programs. Um, some I didn't get any responses, you know, from, and some I did and proceeded to other interviews. But with the Standard Bank one, I had my first interview, my second interview, then my third one, which was a presentation. Uh, we had to present, they gave us like a case study, we had to present on that. And um, that was very intimidating, I won't lie. I think, you know, like Standard Bank just feels very intimidating. <laughs> And yeah. obviously, you know, <laughs> you you want to impress the people that are in front of you. You want to show that you're, you're worth the investment. So that interview was quite scary, but I'm really glad that, you know, obviously it like worked out. Mm. And then um, again, now telling the Airbnb people that I'm going to leave was, was quite difficult. Um, when I actually told my manager, I actually cried because I'd fallen so... Yeah much in love with with the organization and the people and just the vision mm. that um i i you know i i did kind of question the choice a little bit but there were a lot of other things that that kind of factored into me deciding to take a corporate job um at this stage mm. of my development uh so um after i i decided to kind of um leave with a month for me to prepare for for work mostly because at Airbnb, we wore jeans and sneakers. At Standard Bank, we don't wear jeans and sneakers. No. So, I, <laughs> um, so I needed to obviously, you know, kind of shift and get my corporate way on. Um, mm. Full on, and kind of full just, on experience, yeah. You know, full on, yeah. And kind of mm. mentally prepare for, for the space that I was about to enter. Um, you asked if I'd, 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 I thought this was the space I'd end up in. Um, not really. I mean, a lot of mm. corporates did capacity and have like expos and, and you know, talks with us. Um, but I never really pictured myself as someone who, you know, maybe would work. I actually didn't really know where I'd end up. But I'm really glad that I'm here. Um, corporate is, is, is very serious and it's, yeah. it's a lot of um, learning. Yeah. It's a lot of learning and I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> I feel challenged like every day at work. And I mean, yeah. I know maybe some people may not like that, but I enjoy, I enjoy that aspect of work. 
and um yeah i think i'm still adapting as well though i think that the good thing is that the other graduates uh that are like with me like we're all kind of on the same wavelength you know so when we see each other we like hey hey squad squad <laughs> and then we kind of like kind of go back to to work mm. but it's it's i think it's coming along nicely and i think it's something that you can't expect to fit in immediately because it's it's a different world and um yeah it just takes some time so so you know moving to to corporate is quite a it's quite a jump from you know the sort of tech tech world um but yeah okay i'm going to move to to some questions i think we we want to okay. we want to try to <laughs> see if we can get through some because i'm seeing them starting to pile up so the first one um we've already answered around you know what did you end up doing through your gap year and you know it's quite a lot um but yeah. i want to move to to another question that we have um you know what what are the tips that you would give you know for preparing for post grad life um you know particularly if you're in your last year of studying um mm. and if you're not necessarily you know pursuing a gap year what advice would you give to someone um for that you know yeah um i i'd say that you know like the first year or two after studying like try and and you know add some things to your cv so whether it's doing a course on udemy starting a new language um online um going out to like some some networking events if you look on like eventbrite there's so many events um that kind of speak to you know what you may be interested in and there's yeah. such great breeding grounds for you to network and learn kind of more about what's out there because what i realized very fast like soon after my i left varsity is that you know varsity was almost like a bubble like the world is yeah. like working so differently and there's so many things that yeah. we don't know about um yeah. but also the best way to find out about them is to go out there so if you're not like so like social and i i also understand that like now we have the whole covid-19 thing people aren't really having social gatherings mm. but try join like webinars um where people are speaking and then add that uh, someone of interest on linkedin start a discussion mm. um, yeah and just connect with people i think that's that's the best thing that someone can do during yeah. the gap year to pretty much try I mean, after, you know to get yourself out there pretty much i mean that yes. you almost have to sell yourself um you know for what all the skills and the talents that you've learned are i think quite important so i mean moving to to another question that we have in the comments uh which i think you see already is you know around corporates and you know what are they getting right what's one thing that they're getting right and what's one thing that they not when it comes to you know the support and success of women in the workplace um you know this is obviously a topic which is dear to your heart and you know i'm quite curious from your experiences how you found that um yeah so i think um you know issues to do with um women in the workplace are quite sensitive um mm. i know that a lot of people have a lot of ideas about what should be happening and what shouldn't be happening but i think that uh you know kind of the first the first step or the first thing that is being done to help the situation is to give people a voice to create platforms yep. where people can express themselves uh give suggestions as to what would make the environment more accommodating of them and their needs and mm. i think that is i think in all the spaces i've actually worked in that has been 
that has been done quite well. Um, mm. I, I haven't really, like fortunately, actually, I haven't really had an experience where I feel stifled or held back because I'm a woman or mm. even because I'm a woman of color. I think yeah. that um, the world is really is really trying and things are getting better. So I don't really kind I, I mean, I don't really have experience, like bad experiences, so I can't really comment on that. But mm. um, I think, you know, if, if I were in a situation where perhaps I wasn't being served, the best thing always is always to try and find a space to speak up. Mm. Mm. That's really good. That's really, really good. So uh, another sort of question that we had um, in the job application process, right? So, you know, applying for jobs is quite a, a stressful process because you have no clue whether or not the people that you're applying to are going to, you know, accept you or, or not. Um, and if yeah. ever, um, you know, if you've ever gone through rejection in an application, what advice would you give to to someone? Um, one, in that scenario, but even before that, I think in the general sort of job application space, um, what advice yeah. would you give from lessons that you've learned um, throughout that? Um, particularly, you know, as you said, get yourself out there, you know, try as best as you can to get opportunities that you, that you, you know, qualify for. Yeah, I, mm. I think there's quite a lot of stress that we, that we as, you know, society try to gloss over when it comes to the job application process and how psychologically that's quite a toll on a lot of people. So yeah, I'm quite curious mm. what you'd have to, to what wisdom you'd have to impart in that, in that field. Yeah, no, I mean, I've been rejected tons of times. I think I've been rejected more than I've ever been. No, I know I've gotten a lot more rejection letters than than like acceptance letters. And mm. um, it takes a toll on you, especially at the beginning when you're just like starting to put yourself out there. Um, because, you know, you, you, you've, you have confidence in yourself and your abilities. And sometimes it might feel like when you get rejected, someone else doesn't have confidence in you. But one thing that comforts me or that comforted me early on in my journey is I had a, a, mm. a discussion with one of my mentors and she was like, you know, you don't know who they chose or why they chose them. So don't yeah. ever take it personally and start creating reasons in your own mind that are going to discourage you from the next opportunity. And, um, really you know, from then on, I mean, it's not to say like it gets easier because like last year during my gap year, there was a huge opportunity I really, really wanted. And I even got to the final round. I got to the interview. I like looked at the guy face to face. I was like, pick me, pick me. And then he didn't pick me. <laughs> and um, that hurts. That hurts a lot. I actually spoke to, you know, my mom about it. And I was like, you know, I really wanted this opportunity. And she was like, no, don't worry about it. Your opportunity will come. So I think it's yeah. just kind of about being content with the fact that what's for you will never miss you. And, yeah. um, you know, to keep applying, if you need to vent, uh, mentors, parents, friends, they're really good people to kind of speak to about some of the issues that you may be facing when you get rejected or when mm. an opportunity just maybe doesn't go your way. So I want to pick up on, on something that you mentioned. Um, it's not something that we discussed in the lead up to this, but mentorship right? Um, you know, what's been the impact of your mentors on you? And have you or are you currently mentoring other people? Um, and how's that experience as well? Yeah, because I think, you know, mentorship is something which I think we, we probably haven't given itself due, 
due diligence to actually see what is the impact of that. So I'm quite curious yeah. to see, you know, what, how has that impacted you, you, the way that you see life in general and how you've surmounted certain challenges as well? Yeah. So uh, to kind of start off with, my mentors have never been people that are doing what I'm doing or want to do. Mm. Um, I think, again, it's because I wasn't so sure about, like, where I wanted to go. But yeah. um, there was a lot of, 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 there were a lot of treasures in that process because they would help me see things from a different perspective. Yeah. So, um, you know, sometimes I think something is like it's the end of the world and I'm never going to like move past a certain issue. Yeah. And because mm. they had like a different lens to the world than I did, that like helped me overcome it. And also start thinking differently about things that, you know, I, I face on a daily basis. Mm. Um, but mentors are very important. I would highly recommend it. And it doesn't, I mean, you don't need, like, not you don't need, it. your mentor doesn't have to be someone who's, like, a billionaire, because I know those people can be inaccessible sometimes. But sometimes mm. in your community, there's someone who, you know, has reached a certain level that maybe you aspire to, or someone mm. who's just doing really amazing things. And even just having a conversation or a few coffees with them is, you know, that's a yeah. mentorship relationship. On my that's end, nice. I'm not mentoring yet. Um I don't feel like I'm ready to do so, but uh, you know, I'm one of those people who, if anyone ever wants maybe advice on something or, you know, I don't know, me to like link them up with someone I know, I'm always like willing to do that. Mm. That's really, really good. That's actually really, really good. So we, we, we had, you know, some other sort of questions which deviated a little bit from the topics that we, we wanted to discuss. Um, initially but i think it's good if we if we touch on them um yeah. i've you know in in the build up posting on the story that yeah we're going to go live together we're going to go chat um and we're going to have you know uh uh oh hold on we just got another question about mentorship we're just going to touch on that uh did you intentionally look for a mentor or did it just happen through networking yeah um that's a really good question actually <laughs> it is a good question Mm. Um, so I, I looked for my mentors, um, through my journey, I've kind of found that it's quite difficult to kind of just meet a stranger at a networking event and then start a mentorship relationship. Cause it's also a lot about how you two connect, um, yeah. mentorship is like two ways. You also kind of, you're teaching the mentor something in as much as they're teaching you some things. So, um, mm. I've gotten one mentor from networking and how that happened like he inspired me so so much like so much when he was speaking i just went up to him i was like listen you're really amazing and i really feel like i have a lot to learn from you please be my mentor can i set up a coffee and he was like yeah sure and i think that's that's the only um one i've gotten from networking but other ones have been people who again were in my community i identified them as like doing really amazing things that i aspire mm. to do myself and i just kind of approached them for conversation and then one thing led to another. Mm, that's really, really good. So, I mean, how many mentors do you actually have? I'm quite curious because a lot of people maybe <laughs> just have one, uh, but it sounds like you have quite a few actually. Um, I do have a few, but mm. I think it's only because, like I said, I have, I have a lot of different interests. So I, I have my own business, my own startup. So I have a mentor for that. Then I have a corporate mentor for like, 
work life and then mm. i also kind of have like a personal mentor um for because like i'm growing <laughs> and there are a lot of things that i, I haven't figured out yet. <laughs> there are a lot of things i haven't figured out yet that um you know mm. i i i think i it, it helps to kind of have someone to speak to like maybe if i have an issue with friends or you know things that are a bit more personal um i have someone mm. to kind of speak to about that mm. that's really good that's really really good i think you made a really good comment earlier about you know mentorship is a bit of a two-way street actually you you yeah. get a lot from the mentor but actually it's um you know someone once said to me that mentorship is a form of friendship actually it's just you know focused and intentional on building each other up and that's i think really good that you've intentionally sought out your your mentors and i think that's something that people can you know take take to heart going forward so to deviate a little bit um we had quite a few comments quite a few replies um about you know once i said that yeah we're going to go live you know quite a few people were like actually you know she's really strong in her faith um and you know they that is something that people know you by um and yeah, so I was asked to ask you, um, you know, to, to tell us a little bit about your faith journey. Um, mm. And, you know, what, what is your sort of daily routine um, within that faith journey? And yeah, that's, that's pretty much, you know, something that, that took me a little bit by surprise because I was like, hey, we're going to be talking about this. And then, you know, people were like, <laughs> oh, please also talk about this. And I was like, okay, great, sure. <laughs> okay, cool. Um... So I, I, I grew up in a Christian household and, mm. you know, my mom take us to church every Sunday and my grand was like a leader at church. And I just always, I grew up with God basically in my life. Mm. And um, I think kind of, I started really realizing the power of God in my life when I moved to South Africa from Zim, because there were a lot of things that could have or should have gone wrong in my life and they didn't. They actually went the opposite way, like things went really well. Uh, to the point where I was able to get like, like I was able to get like good training and even like compete nationally for Zimbabwe in athletics. And, you know, things like that don't just kind of like happen to anyone. So mm. I think when I started noticing the hand of God in my own life, I obviously started taking my personal journey more seriously. And um, yeah, since then, again, it's a journey. It's another one of those journeys. You never have it figured out some seasons yeah. you know are not as great as others like personally yeah. but god is always there and mm. my daily routine i wouldn't say i really have a daily i think the only thing i do daily is like read the bible but and pray but sometimes like um i love attending conferences like women conferences or youth conferences um i serve a church i'm an asha church as well mm. and i love that because it's really you know good. fellowship with other people i get to meet um, other people and kind of you know be like the first face they see when they enter church um, that's really good yeah i i love praying for people as well i just i feel i feel really kind of connected to my community and to god um when mm. i serve so again that's it's really a journey good. i don't really i mean obviously with like covid is not that i can't do like being an asham but yeah. um you know there's there's just always so many opportunities that you can show the goodness of god in your life and i'm always down to to do that no that's that's that i think was was really really well put um 
And yeah, I think you're absolutely right in the sense that, you know, a number of these things are a journey and that we not we don't start off at the finish line. Um, but each day, if we endeavor to get, you know, a little bit better and better each day, I think that would be, that actually is the, is where the distinction comes in in life. Um, let me see if I have covered all the questions that we had. Um, let's see. I had another one. We talked about career next steps. The only other one which I got um, quite late on was around entrepreneurship. Um, and, you know, what advice would you give to young entrepreneurs um, who are looking to start a business? Um, you know, would you, what, what lessons would you think, would, would you advise them to, to take heed of um, before they take any sort, any sort of step forward? Yeah, um, so, you know, I think like the main advice that a lot of entrepreneurs get is that you must just start. And yeah. um, I must repeat that, like, just start, start with a conversation yeah. with another entrepreneur you're looking up to, just start with, um, oh, sorry, I'm getting distracted by the comments, start with the conversation. <laughs> Me too. Start with, <laughs> <laughs> um, start with the plan. Uh, for me personally, I did not start with the business plan. So I didn't like sit down and write down what I wanted to do because I'm mm. a bit more of a doer. So I prefer to do stuff and learn as I go and then maybe yeah. document later. I mean, now we mm. do have a bit more of a plan. It's not like we're sitting yeah. with nothing. Okay. But um, I'd also just kind of um, have conversations with people in the industry. You will get a lot of people that will not be on your team, that will not want to give you information, that will turn your idea down, that will, you know, just kind of make you feel like what you're doing is not like worth doing. Mm. But if you believe in your idea and, you know, you're willing to run with it, then just just do it, man. <laughs> mm. That's really good. I, I can relate, um, you know, in the past when I've started uh businesses i think you know had a little bit of fear initially where it's like maybe it's not the right time you know maybe maybe it will fail maybe the economy is not right but i think it's it's important to just start to just go ahead and do it because you know if you fail at least you've learned something in the process um and you know in, in my experience actually just starting with the intention you know to succeed can actually result in a much higher probability of success in the business. Um, but it is such a tough journey. You know, I have so much respect for anyone who's in the entrepreneurship sort of field um, because, you know, every single day you have to fight, you know, to, to land <laughs> the platform, to land, to make things pretty much, to make your vision come to fruition. Um, and I think, you know, it's, the lessons that you've really shared are, are quite impactful. We do have another question in the comments. Um, what do you do when it looks impossible to start your own thing? That's a, yeah, mm. that's quite a heavy uh, question. <laughs> no, it is. It's, it's quite loaded. Mm. So I, um, I started like a lot of things in varsity, a lot of like businesses. I, mm. um, and those things were like quite easier for me to do. So, you know, but they failed, all of them failed. And um, this business that I'm currently doing looked impossible. And I, I totally mm. understand what you're saying that, you know, like the circumstances don't 
make sense because like like i said my business is in zimbabwe and i'm here i'm working full time you know literally everything that they say shouldn't be done mm-hmm. in a business is like my situation um yeah but you know it's, really it's working and it's just about taking taking it one step at a time and just starting like where you can so for mm-hmm. me in order to to make what i'm currently doing possible i partnered up with like i said i partnered up with a close friend who you know is based in zim and then we're able to work off our, our strengths and make things happen but mm-hmm. if something looks impossible rather sit down and try think of ways that you can make it happen because i can tell you now it is possible yeah that's really good that's really really good so i think we're pretty much done but before i let you go i'm just going to open it up <laughs> to the viewers um you know if anybody does have any comments or uh, questions for you so you know whilst we we wait for that i think you know you've shared some really really insightful things and you know i just want to thank you for your time i think it's been a really impactful conversation even you know just for me it's it's been just so inspiring to hear about your journey um to hear about just how much you've done and you know I, you know i i've i've watched a lot of that happen but i think you know sometimes you don't quite realize just how much you've learned from it and just how much you've you've matured um as a leader and you know when i when i put it in the in the little ad, advert before i said that you're a world changer and i really do believe that um and i think you know anyone watching this does does actually see where that's coming from um you know in in the most genuine and you know pure sense as well but yeah we do have looks like we do have one more question so it looks like how do we know when you are making an excuse and being honest with yourself Vic is asking really heavy questions, but I like I it. This is good. This is really good. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Keep keep um, them coming. This is good. I like it. Yeah. You know what? For for I'll also speak for myself because mm. I know myself better than than anyone. Um, for me, I I work a lot with like feelings. I work a lot with with how something. you know feels to me and regret mm. is one of the like biggest indicators of when i'm making an excuse and when i'm being honest with myself so mm. there've been times when i've decided not to do something um for whatever reason at the time and later i felt so much regret and actually realized that mm. it was an excuse to maybe not put myself out there enough or you know try harder and yeah. um at times i've i've made a decision and i never felt anything and i actually saw okay you no know, i was being honest with myself that this is not the time or i don't have the abilities or the capacity to do this mm. or think this way or pursue this so mm. i think it's all about kind of um you know working on your self awareness and kind of figuring out what like triggers you to feel a certain way what drives you and what kind of you know allows you to still feel happy with yourself and comfortable that you've kind of done everything you can to to you know not have regret yeah no that's really good that's really really good uh, i think <laughs> yeah there's 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 some really really good comments here i think we're going to leave it there um and you know once again thank you so much this was i think really impactful um you know and anyone looking at and viewing this at this point of the conversation i think feels quite inspired 
I think really feels impacted. Um, and yeah, and you know, I've seen all the comments here saying, you know, can we save the live? Yes, the live will be saved. It will be posted somewhere, but I'll um, I'll advise on that quite soon. Um, I think this has been a really, really good conversation. And yeah, I can see lots of little hearts coming up in the comments. So, you know, I think people have really, really enjoyed this. And, you know, I'd, I would really you. love if we can, you know, do something like this again, um, you know, where we pick some of the, another topic that you're quite passionate about. We, we glaze a little bit over entrepreneurship, but, you know, it'll be really nice if we, if we have a discussion about that at some point. So. I really enjoyed this. I, I hope that you did too. Um, and Thank I hope you. that anyone, you know, watching this and listening to this has also as well. And that this has impacted, educated and inspired you. That's that's pretty much the goal. That's mm -hmm. That was the goal of this live and this conversation as well. So yeah, uh, thank you so much. Good luck with the, the work from home life. Um, <laughs> I really hope that it doesn't get too hectic. Try schedule a break if you can. I read somewhere that uh, the best thing to do when you're working from home is to physically put an appointment in your calendar for like or lunch. Because <laughs> I don't know about you, but I found a few days where it's like, okay, what time was lunch? Because it just it just went past. So, yeah, good luck with that. Um, you know, and you know, good luck with the rest of your journey. And I think you know, it's it's fair yeah. to say if I paraphrase one of the, the comments. I can't wait to see the rights the heights that you'll reach. You know, and you really are an inspiration. So thank you very thank much. You so, thank you for having me. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. Um, um this was amazing. Thank you, Tafazo. Cool. Well thank you very much for tuning in and listening to the episode. I hope that you enjoyed that, that you impacted positively and that you found substance and significance whilst listening to the show. To stay up to date with the latest episodes, please subscribe to the podcast and give it a five-star rating. You can also check out and subscribe to my episodes in video format on the Impactful Conversations YouTube channel. Just head over to YouTube and search Impactful Conversations. Thank you to all of you who've listened and subscribed. It really does mean an incredible deal to me. But anyway, until the next episode, bye-bye, stay safe, stay healthy, and wash your hands.